Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We're going to have a fantastic time today, aren't we? Well, one of the things that is required during Christmas is that you at least have joy. Now, if you don't have joy, you're going to run into a lot of problems. If you don't have joy and you're going shopping, you're going to have a lot of problems. Some of you have already seen that. And if you have seen that, maybe today God will give you that much more joy. Can we say thank you to our team that just presented the word in that kind of way? What a fun time. You know, we're in this series called This I Believe, and some of you were here for the past couple of weeks, and we've been learning about the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ, God's promises, and how God always looks out for our very best. Well, today we're going to be concluding and talking about not just the gift that God gave to us, but the great exchange that takes place. So you can take out your notes with me. When you came in, you're given your bulletin. Those notes are in there. Or you can open up your Bible or your church app, and the notes will be in there too. I'm so thankful that together we can learn not just the Christmas story, but what God showed us when Jesus came. Now, when God shows up and when Jesus was born, it was God's way of coming to us himself. God let go of what he so dearly loved, which is his one and only son. He let go of his son so that he could make a way for us to be together with him. I know that might seem a little stretching for some of us. We're trying to think of how does that work if God gives us his son? How does that connect us back to God? But when Jesus grew older, Jesus himself let go of his life so that we could have an eternal life. And sometimes you need to let go of something you want to receive something you really need. And so today, maybe we can start thinking of what are the things that I really want? Now, I know Christmas time is probably the best time to think about what do I really want? And maybe we share that with people. Maybe you're going to get a gift this year that, that you really wanted, or you're going to get a gift that you're thinking, how in the world did you get this gift for me? Why would you think I would want something like this? We all have different wants. And God wanted something for you and I. He wanted to bless us and he wanted to give us life eternal. The story we're going to look at is found in the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament. And it's a story of what was taking place when Jesus was born. Now, what, what is happening around the time of Christ's birth? Well, the year is 2 B.C., which marked the 25th anniversary of Caesar Augustus and his rule. So he is the, the Caesar. He's the Caesar of Rome, and he's the emperor. So now the whole entire empire is at peace. And it also marks the 750th anniversary of the founding of Rome. So now you have this huge celebration going on, and you want to pretty much name yourself. This is Caesar Augustus. He wants to name himself the father of the country. So the only way they can do this huge celebration and, and accomplish this great feat is to bring everyone together. Now, how do you bring everyone together spontaneously? Well, you call a census. So that's what they do. They call a census together, and everyone comes together. In Luke chapter 2, I'll read from verses 22 through 40, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there and follow along. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And by the way, if you're new today, we, we're so thankful that you're here, that we get to celebrate Christmas together and learn about 
God and, and why Jesus came uh, to this earth. But it starts off in this way. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. So now Jesus is going to be presented at the temple, and he's going to be consecrated or made holy. That's, that's what they're doing. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. So just remember that name. It's very important. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to him to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, Simeon is saying, I've seen the Messiah, I can die. That's what he's saying. Some of you come to that stage of life, you're like, okay, I've seen everything, Lord, take me home already, I don't want to stay on this earth any longer. But that was Simeon, he's saying, I've, I've seen your promise, and now you can dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Gentiles means everyone else except the Israelites. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. In other words, God's favor was on him. Now Mary and Joseph already heard from the angel of the Lord, if you were here a couple weeks ago, already heard from the angel Gabriel who Jesus was to be, the savior of the world, that, she will, that Mary will give birth to the son of God. So when Mary and Joseph hear this from Simeon and Anna and, and what's taking place, they're, they're still blown away by the fact that they're chosen to raise the Son of God here on this earth. So all of this is going on in their mind. But what do we learn when Jesus was presented at the temple? What is the great exchange? I mean, and how do we benefit? What, what does this story do for us today? And how is it relevant for us today? How does it help us in our lives, and, and what significance does it have 2,000 years later? Does it still have an impact for us, or is it just a great story? Do we just celebrate Christmas because it's fun? 
Or is there something more? Tonight, we're also going to be looking at certain things that took place uh, in the stars. Now, you might have been wondering, where are the stars in that? in that picture. Well, you can come tonight and I'll put some stars on there because the stars are significant to the story. So you're going to have to come back to see the finished painting. But God let go of what he wanted so we could receive what we really needed. God let go of what he wanted so we could receive what we really needed. And we receive great benefits with this great exchange, which is our life for the life that God has for us through Jesus Christ. I think in our world, as we, as we watch how the story of Christmas is, is they'll have uh, different stories that will come out, and, and sometimes uh, the world will kind of warp it a little bit, and, and you'll, you'll have different discussions about it. But when you go back to the Bible, the Word of God, it's very simple, that God came to us. That's what that word or the name Emmanuel means. It means God with us. That's why we sing that song. We're singing that God is with us. So we're going to look at these gifts or these three great benefits with this great exchange, which is God's life for us, for the life that he sees for us through Jesus. So here's the first thing, if you want to write anything in, that I receive from God more than I give to him. Did you know that God gives to us so much more than we ever give back to him? So much more. And because of that, yes, God gives us life, and because he gives us more than what we could ever give back, because of that, it, it should cause us to expand our thinking and our capacity to not just believe in God, but believe in God believing in you. That God believes in your potential. He gave you potential to be lived here on this earth. And not just life on this earth, but the greatest gift is eternal life, that he gives us love, compassion, resources, a great family, but also eternal life. And as much as we give to God out of our time, our resources, our energy, he gives us so much more. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he says this. He says, give and you will receive. We love to receive. Christmas time, we love to receive. I remember as children, well, you watch your children, but I remember as I was growing up, we would count our presents. And if we had a sibling and they had more, that was, it wasn't fair. So I'm just throwing that in there. But he said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. In other words, what God is saying is, you took a scoop and you gave it to me. What I do is I use that same scoop, but I pack it in. I pack it in as much as I can, and I give that back to you even more. I'll pack everything in until it's running over, until it's falling into your lap. In other words, you're going to have so much from me that you're going to have to let that pour out into others' lives. That's what he does. He, he, he overwhelms us with his love, his grace, and his glory, his power, his compassion, and he says, now, that's too much for you. Now you can let that pour out to everyone else. We can never outgive God. Isn't it like that with us as parents? That we give so much more to our children than what they give back to us. And I think sometimes we still give to our children, even though they may not give back to us. Now, we don't complain about it. 
we don't, well, maybe sometimes we do, but we don't really see it as a, as a fault of theirs. And you don't keep tabs and say, brother, you know what, I'm going to buy you 15,000 boxes of cereal. You can at least give me one bite, you know, things like that. We don't do that. I mean, that would be pretty amazing if we kept tally of all the things we did as parents. And then when our children grumbled to us, we can say, oh, you're like, check the scoreboard. <laughs> we could do that, but we don't do that. Why? Because as parents, we, out of the love of our hearts, we do that for our children. We don't keep record, and neither does God. He just, he continuously pours out to us. And it doesn't matter where you are in life, God will always embrace us wherever we are in life. And he'll still pour out, pour out his love for us. God gave us so much more than what we could ever possibly imagine. He gave us his son. He gave us eternal life. He gave us this life here on this earth. He gives us, as we read that scripture, he gives us a light for revelation. In other words, God will give us his light to reveal to us what we cannot see ahead. That's why sometimes we'll hit a certain place in life and it's like, what just happened? How did I get blindsided like this? Well, when you're walking with God, he gives you light for revelation. In other words, he gives you like a spiritual light so that you can see ahead so that you can discern what's coming your way pretty much. And you can be prepared for that. So he, he, he will always give us more than we could ever give back to him. Here's the second thing that we benefit from is that our soul is replenished. Our soul. Like what replenishes our soul? You know, for some of the women, you get replenished when you put all of this, you know, uh, things on your face. Uh, like, like uh, I don't know what it's called. Those, whatever it is, uh, like misty things, uh, like, for, like pH balance thingies. I don't know what it's called. Uh, sprays. You just, you, you cleansing, it's a cleansing, whatever it is. Like you replenish your face. And if you watch the commercials, they'll use a computerized generation or a CGI, computerized generation. Uh, anyway, so they bring in all of these like good looking um, molecules in the air. And it's like the woman is spraying it. And then it says it goes into your skin and it just replenishes your skin, makes you look like you're 20. And so we buy all these products to replenish our skin. I don't know what guys do. We just, we just look old, so we don't, we don't replenish, but what replenishes our soul? Something has to replenish our soul, because our, our soul, our emotions, the, the, our heart, and, and everything that takes place inside of us gets depleted quickly, quickly, especially in this season. You can have the best drive to the mall, the best drive to Target, whistling and singing Christmas songs, worship music, and everybody having fun in the car. And first thing, hey, no more parking. Oh, brother, just took my stall. What, auntie? And they put on your blinker. No, that's my stall. It's like in an instant, in an instant, there goes the joy. It's like our soul gets deplenished or depleted quickly. In an instant, something needs to replenish our soul, and that's where God comes in. At this time of year, just think about it, from the beginning of the year till now, it's like everything has been compacted to these last final days of survival. It's like if we can just survive, we'll be okay. If we can get into the new year without killing each other, we'll be okay. We'll be fine. But by then, we're like, oh, crazy, and something needs to replenish our soul. Something has to come on the inside because when our soul becomes depleted, if not replenished, we burn out fall into depression, we get sick, easily angered, and become short 
with everyone. Like a normal question can be, honey, can pastor show you? Show you, show you, they'll show you. Did you buy? Show you. No, I was just wondering if get show you. No more. Wait, I got to go to the store. I got to go to the store. It's like, well, I was just wondering if get show you packets. Packets. Show you packets. Now, I know I'm exaggerating. This doesn't happen in your family, but sometimes it does happen. We become short with people. Easy, easy. Honey, where's my keys? Well, I, I got to keep watch over your keys. I got to watch over your keys. It's like, wow, well, I was just asking with my keys. Like, right, we, we get short. We become short with people, and that's an indication that our soul might be depleted. See, you're laughing because you're like, that never happens in my family. We're like, we're holy people. But something needs to replenish our soul when it's weak. It's just like our physical body. When you don't eat, you become weak. And so you need to replenish your physical body so that you can have strength. For some of us, we replenish a lot during this time of year. And especially tonight and tomorrow, we're going to replenish our bodies. And this is why we eat and eat and eat. Because we're saying, i got to replenish my body. I feel weak, honey. I feel weak. So we replenish our body. And then come New Year's Day, what is our New Year's resolution? To lose weight and eat healthy. No work. 15 pounds later, 2018 comes, you can say the same thing next year. It's like, honey, this year, guarantee. This year I'm going to lose 50,000 pounds. Easy. And I know that's exaggeration, but this is what Mark says. Mark chapter 8, verses 35 through 37. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? In other words, sometimes we compromise and we, we give our life to everything that drains us rather than saying, God, I want to give you my life so that you can replenish my soul. Because only God can do that. Our life will always be exchanged for something but you determine what it's exchanged for. We'll always have that option. Sometimes we want more money, more things, more prominence, notoriety, more likes, more busyness. But God gave us an opportunity for the greatest exchange known to man. Our life for the life God has for us through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. He exchanges whatever little we have left over for everything he has to offer. He says, what, what, what do you have? I, it's like, I don't have any life left. He says, good, give me that. I'll give you eternal life. And I will replenish your soul. See, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That's what Simeon said. That's what he said to Mary. You know, your child, this is what's going to come about, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. In other words, he's saying, you know that soul part of you that no one else can replenish? Yeah, your son is going to be able to replenish your soul. Let God do that. And then the last benefit we receive, and we talked about this earlier, is eternal life. Eternal life. I'm I'm sure some of us are thinking, eternal life, I don't want to live forever. Like, life is miserable. I mean, do you see where the world is going? Yeah, he didn't say eternal life here on this earth. I'm sure we would love eternal life if there was a perfect place, no more pain, no more suffering, no sin. Well, Actually, you know what? There is a place like that. What is it called? 
heaven. That's what he said. He said, there's going to be a perfect place for you where there is no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. And I prepare a place for you. And you will, have, you will have your own home. He says, in my father's room, there are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. And he says, and then when it is ready, I will come and get you. That's what Jesus said. So that you can be with me where I am. And you will be with me forever. Eternal life. That's what he gives to us. And we may not want to live forever here on this earth. But if we have heaven in mind that eternal mentality of heaven, then it causes us to be different here on this earth. Not to just pass through, but, but to be loving and compassionate and, and where we can reach out to people who do not know Jesus Christ so that they too can have the hope of eternal life. Some of us look at our world and we say, but what's the use? I mean, our world is suffering. The world is going downhill. Too many wars, too many things happening. It's like, why even try? And it's like God is saying, because there are still yet hope. There are still opportunities for people to find me. Yeah, but there's so much suffering. Yeah, there is suffering. However, one day, we're going to be in a place where there is no more suffering. A place called heaven. The other week, in fact, it was, what is today, Sunday, Friday night. Okay, so let me rewind the tape. Maybe about a week and a half ago, I'm driving over Saddle Road. I get to the other side. Uh, we're going over the mountain now. And I just feel this pain in my head. And it, it's painful. And I'm thinking, what just happened? Now, I know that because you're at elevation and you come down, there's pressure, right? So I think something was going on with my sinus. So, you know, as one man, I can self-diagnose, even though I'm on doctorate. But I self-diagnose, right? We as men, we do that. It was like, oh, guaranteed a sinus. You know, it's uh, elevation. I was at 13,000 feet. I came down at whatever miles an hour. And, and uh, so the pressure, air pressure, atmospheric, uh, stratospheric pressure uh, came in. And so my head was uh, painful. So Heidi was looking at me. She was, Heidi's my wife. She said, what's the matter? I said, I don't know. I get something wrong in my head. And she, <laughs> she paused when I said that. I was like, how come she didn't pause? All I said was, I guess something wrong with my head. And she paused. And I was thinking, she's holding back a joke right now. That's what she's doing. So she said, are you okay? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. It's just painful. I think, I, I think it's my sinus. So the week goes by, and I'm struggling with that. Last week, Sunday, I was in pain and <laughs> trying to preach. I was in pain, and I uh, had people praying over me. And then finally, what do I do? Go to the doctors? No! I go on the web. I check out sinus problems and, and pain and suffering. So I'm like, ah, oh, I got, go on YouTube. How do I get rid of sinus pain? Oh, pressure points. Oh, I got to light incense. I got to make all this. I didn't do that. I was just pressing all this. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Finally, Friday, it's, it, I was just in pain. So I figure, you know what? I'm going to call the doctors. I call the doctors. They're closed. I'm like, really, God? This, I, like, finally, I come to the point of calling the doctors. They're closed. So where do I have to go? Emergency. Well, oh, I didn't even think of urgent care. I got to write that down, urgent care. <laughs> I don't go to those things. So I went to the ER. And by the way, if you work at the hospital, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. There's so many people in there that you serve us so well. I'm so thankful. I got in there, and they took my blood pressure and everything, and and my blood pressure was kind of heightened, and I was like, oh, you can take them later because I'm panicking right now, so that might not be accurate. <laughs> so I, I go in the room, 
the doctor checks everything out, and, and basically they gave me some medication, some sinus medication that I could have bought for $4. <laughs> but for some reason at the pharmacy is 80 I'm like, wait, what? What just happened? He says, yeah, if you want to buy it over the counter, actually it was $20. And, and I said, but this one is 70 He said, yes, but you can get reimbursed through your insurance. I'm like, I'm stuck. No, I don't, know, I don't know what to do. Do I gamble and get the $20 one and I pay out of my pocket? Or do I not gamble, but I risk that I, oh, i got to be careful the words I use in church. And, or do I risk buying the $70 one, the $80 altogether with the medication, and get reimbursed? At that point, I was in so much pain. I said, you know what? I, just give me the medication. Just give, I'll pay the $80. So that's not even the story. Here, here's what I was getting to. <laughs> I go home, and I'm in pain, and I have to read this instruction because it's nasal spray. I've never taken nasal spray before. In fact, the guy at the pharmacy looked at me and said, have you ever come to the pharmacy? I said, no, it's my first time. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what to do here. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm bringing in papers. I, I don't know what's going on. So I'm at home, and I got to read these instructions. I got to take this nasal spray. The thing is weird. So like some of you are professionals. You just, you're done. I'm like, I, now I, I take this medication. I get an allergic reaction. So now my... Oh, wow, you too. You felt that. Yeah, so it, everything clogs up. I can't breathe through my nose, and then I get asthma. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I can't breathe through my nose, and I'm having asthma. I'm going to die. I'm like, how, how am I going to do this? So I'm, I've tried to breathe. I can't. I can't. And then, and I'm getting asthma. And have you ever gotten angry at God? I don't know if that was anger, but I actually said this. I was like, come on, God. Can you not heal me? That's what I said. I was like, can you not heal me? I'm trying to sleep. I can't even sleep. I'm standing up, and, and, and Heidi was watching me. She's like, oh, this is bad. So she started praying for me. I'm standing up, and so I'm like, Lord, how, how, do, I, how do I do this? I need to sleep. And I'm like, how, how come I'm not healed? Why can't I be healed? Didn't you say you're the healer? So I'm going through that whole process of anger, frustration. How can you not heal me, Lord? Why? And, and, and this is just sinus problems. <laughs> this is sinus. So I go through that whole ordeal. Finally, I can go to sleep and rest. And then when I wake up, I'm thinking, Lord, no matter what I go through, you never change. You still loved me through it. You didn't, you didn't say, oh, you mad at me? Fine, I'm going to be mad at you. No, you didn't do that. You, you still embraced me. And believe me, I learned a lot during that whole ordeal. I was praying like crazy, praying, praying, and praying. And then the Lord says this. Do you pray like that when you're not suffering? Like, No. And he said, you, it's amazing how your prayer life changes the more you suffer. And I thought, Lord, we're going to suffer in this world. And we're going to learn some things. And you probably has, have gone through more suffering than I just explained. But he says, you know, even in your suffering, even in that, 
when you understand that there's eternal life, it gives you a different perspective. And even though you go through whatever pain you go through, that when you have eternity in mind, you know that this too will pass. And at the same time, gain wisdom to go to the doctor earlier. (laughs) But in the end, he says, this life here on this earth nowhere compares to the life I have for you called eternal life. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you're going through a difficult time because of a sickness or financial hardship or maybe a relational setback. Maybe in your marriage or relationship, maybe your children are going astray. When you have the hope of eternal life, it doesn't make all the bad go away. But it does give us a bigger picture that there is so much more to life than just what we see here on this earth and what we experience. Romans 6.23 tells us this, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have ever felt dead or lost, then God wants to breathe life back into your soul. He wants to give you eternal life. See, God didn't send us Jesus to make us good. He sent us Jesus to make us live. And when he lives in us, his good comes out. And when his good comes out, it affects everyone else around us. That's the result of this great exchange. Let him replenish your soul. Let him him give you that, that light that reveals to you what you never would see without him because he wants us to come to him. He wants us to see how good he is. And during this Christmas season, may we come to the place that we say to ourselves, with God, this I believe. Could you say amen to that? We're going to close in prayer and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. And as we pray, I'm sure there are going to be people that come to your heart, maybe some thoughts that will come to your mind. Give that to God. Let him exchange the life that he has for us, for you, for the life you've been living on your own. And see what he does. You bow your heads with me as we pray. Lord, we're so grateful that we can come to you. And and as our heavenly father, you have given us more than we could than we could possibly give to you. You're the only one who can replenish our soul. You're the only one who sees from beginning to end. And in the end, as we depart this earth, you give us eternal life. But until then, Lord, you have given us your one and only son. You have shown us that We have hope far beyond our imagination through Jesus Christ. And so today, that's our heart. That's our prayer. That not only would we believe, but that we would exchange. Replenish our soul today. I pray for anyone here this morning, Lord, that they may not know you as Lord and Savior. And if you're here and you're saying, you know, I've never given my heart to Jesus, but I want to. 
I want to give my heart to Christ. I just don't know how to. I'm going to say a prayer. And as I say this prayer, it's a prayer of salvation. And here's our, here's our prayer. As I say these words, you just repeat after me if you want to receive Jesus. In fact, we can all say this together. It's such a great reminder on the exchange that God gave to us. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me life and life eternal. Forgive me of my sins and wash me clean so I can be brand new. I pray this in Jesus' name. And we all sit together, amen, amen. If you receive Jesus, congratulations. That is the best decision that you'll ever make.